Hello and welcome to Is This Anime? I'm your anime expert, Jack Metcalf. And I'm the anime novice, Malcolm McLeod. But, but every, every episode, you get closer and closer to mastery. I, maybe, I don't know. These things can just kind of come and go in my head. Come and go. That's, that's not what we want to hear. We want to hear you become a master. We want to, we want to see, see an arc, an arc worthy of an anime protagonist. Well, we're we're, we're in uh, the early days. If I've uh, learned anything from this podcast, it takes several hundred episodes just to finish the pro- uh, the epilogue or the prologue or the epilogue. What's the well, word? For? Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> uh, so for those just joining in, each week I select an anime series from Malcolm and this guest, returning guest Logan Middleton, to watch and a number of episodes that best showcase that series strength. And last week's anime, Malcolm, was Redline. What do you think of Redline, Malcolm? You know, I think Redline is, it's, a, it's like a fast-paced movie. Lots is happening. Uh, you know, there's things that I'm like, why was that there? Uh, but I think uh, if we've established, the movie's all about love. And, it's all about love. Um, yeah. And I highly recommend uh, you watch it, Logan. I think Logan would dig it. It's on Amazon Prime. Okay, I'll check it out. It's, a, it's like, it's wacky races, but anime. And yeah, we are covering, we have a returning guest, Logan Middleton, on top of that. We're also returning to an anime for the first time. We're returning to JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Yeah, this is uh, this is not what I remember. <laughs> like I you, don't like what we watched, and then what this was was two completely different experiences. Well, well, yes and no. Um, so for those who who don't recall, because it was uh, like 17 episodes ago, Malcolm and I, when we covered JoJo last time, we covered uh, basically the pilots. Well, we covered the first episode of part one, and also third episode because I had fucked up. And then the first episode of part two and the first episode of part three. So Malcolm had never really seen a JoJo arc in motion, uh, but he had been introduced to the concept of stands and also Jotaro's uh, misogyny. Which wasn't really that present. This it time. was not that present. No, jo- Jotaro has been. Because, because there were no women present. That's why it wasn't there. There, <laughs> were, no, there were no female characters. So yeah, we're, we're covering Stardust Crusaders. Uh, I really wanted to return to this because that first episode, while it's, it is solid, it introduces the concept well enough. Like, what JoJo is really about is about people fighting each other with uh, punch ghosts and uh, other various ghosts that have numerous different powers. So why don't we just jump into it? We covered the episodes. <laughs> I also messed, uh, just like I did with JoJo the last time I had messed up. Uh, we're covering Oingo and Boingo, Anubis Part 1 and 2, and Darby the Player, but also the episode following Darby the Player 1 and 2, because uh, it turns out that's a three-parter. And on top of that, uh, I had wanted us to actually cover Darby the Gambler. But as we'll get into it, there's many Darbies in the show. There's, there's, there's a slew of Darbies. Wait, Oingo Boingo? Oingo, Oingo and Boingo, that's the one you watch, right? The two dumb brothers? I don't think I watched that one. Which one? Uh, uh, the two brothers I with the book, it. Malcolm? No, I watched, uh, I watched Darby the Player. Okay, you watched Darby the Player. The, and, the one and, two, and then I watched... Um, and then the one with the, and the Nubis part one and two, I didn't realize there was You didn't watch Oingo and Boingo? Oh no. <laughs> oh no. no. Oh no. Oh shoot. I, this <laughs> is on me. I did, I, I just saw parts one and two for two, like, just that Okay, one. So well, like, oh, well, cool. well, similar to what Kyle did, um, that, that's on you, because I distinctly remember texting you that. Yeah, that is on me. Don't, don't put, uh, a, this is not a Jack issue, this is a me issue. <laughs> Just I'm, I'm missing the words Oingo and Boingo and just going, oh, sweet, two-parters. But, but, but thankfully, Logan is on. Uh, so, so, Malcolm, you can join okay. in and uh, Logan talk about uh, the first episode we're going to cover, Oingo and Boingo. Logan, what do you think of this episode? So this was the first episode of the show I had watched in probably since, since this had come out. 
So I was trying to remember, like, who are these characters? What's going on here? And I'm I'm hitting the face with fucking Oingo and Boingo <laughs> with their comic book. And I'm like, okay, so these guys are trying to poison somebody. And there's this man who throws a cigarette to decide what cafe he wants to go to. There's a dog that farts. What is this show again? <laughs> what is this show? But, uh, yeah, uh, I like I the reason why I picked the Oingo and Boingo episodes because because uh, Malcolm I was really trying to highlight just just how JoJo early earlier episodes of Stardust Crusaders are mostly just them they run into an enemy stand user who's an assassin and they beat them up and those first those first you know twenty or so they're fine but you really get to see um, the the uh, creator of the series Araki really play with the concept. And in, in Oingo and Boingo, yeah, he, the, the two protagonists of this episode are effectively the villains. Uh, they're right. two disgusting brothers, a tiny one with, I don't know if he has like a, like a 10 head or just really large hair. They, they, it's either they have like the largest foreheads in the world or, or they just have, you know, very wacky hair. And I'm kind of convinced it's their foreheads. Right. And then the second brother, the taller, older one, he can change his face yeah. to become other people. And there's a excellent excellent sequence where he uh becomes jotaru and he's in yeah. the back of the car and his plan had been to put a, a bomb disguised as an orange in the car to, to to blow up jotaru and uh now he's in the car as jotaru and he's like oh my god i'm gonna blow myself up with this orange meanwhile like polnaroff and and mr joestar are just like what's wrong with you jotaru and they it's keep just bringing... an excellent excellent sequence they keep putting him through various challenges, and you're not quite sure if uh, Polnareff, because again, Malcolm, you, we, you'd only seen the first episode, so you, you had yet to be introduced to Jean-Pierre Polnareff. Uh, no, I didn't know about uh, Jean-Pierre. I actually, I, say, I will say that like most of these characters, I didn't remember their name. And I don't know if I've ever really was introduced to any of them. You were only introduced to the first three characters, who were uh, Avdol, uh, Joseph, and uh, Jotaro. Yeah, I think Jotaro sounds very familiar. Yeah, and Joseph, of course, is his, his grandfather. Uh, but Jean-Pierre Polnareff, who, who takes the lead in the Anubis episode anyways, um, he's, again, the silver-haired, silver-haired dude. He, he kind of sounds like John Benjamin, if John Benjamin was also a, an anime voice actor. I started to laugh a lot just at every one of his lines. He's written so well. Like, I just really, really enjoyed any sequence involving... Polnareff. He's he's a great character, and you're not quite sure if like Polnareff and um, Joseph are being idiots, or they're actually trying to, or if they know what's going on with this disguised uh, person. And so they're constantly putting him through challenges. They're like, "Hey, can you do this weird cigarette trick where you put like a lit cigarette in your mouth?" <laughs> and of course, this guy is just like freaking out, and he's like, "Oh God, how do I do this?" Because again, he's trapped in Jotaro's body in a car, which is what his uh, younger brother has prophesized, and. Uh, if you've, if you've seen any movie or comic book or whatever TV show about prophecy, you always know that prophecies inevitably go wrong. Yeah, no, they're but always it's like... It's the fun why? of the episode. It's really the fun watching these, these two brothers try to, try to get out of a prophecy they've already predicted. So yeah, they're putting him through <laughs> these challenges and he's trying to succeed and trying to find a way to leave this car so he doesn't blow the fuck up. Because again, he's disguised as Jotaro, who is supposed to blow up. And yeah, he's, they're, they're making him like put lit cigarettes in his mouth. And of course, he's like, oh, my God, I actually did. And I'm like, OK, now uh, now swallow the cigarette or whatever. And uh, then, then they make him like uh, put five in, two, And he's just like, seriously. 
put five put five cigarettes five lit cigarettes in your mouth and then they force him to, to drink juice on top of it without it, the cigarettes become becoming extinguished yeah it's, yeah. it's wait though so he's just like they're he's just swallowing lit cigarettes he's swallowing lit cigarettes and then consuming like orange juice and trying not to do i uh, extinguish blow the cigarettes. Up. So wait, so the idea is that I'm going to, I'll swallow full cigarettes. They're going to be burning in my stomach. They're going to have orange juice, OJ. Because apparently this and is... Then, and then like, it'll be, but I won't, it'll miss and I'll be able to control like David the, Blaine. The trick is he's supposed to have, so he starts with one and then it's five, but he's supposed to take the lit cigarette. So it's in his mouth and like flip it over backwards onto his tongue without like hitting his teeth or whatever. So it falls back perfectly while staying lit. What a nightmare. What a nightmare. But apparently, but apparently this is a trick that Jotaro Kujo can perform. And that's why they're asking him to do it. Is this something we see him do in a different episode, Jack? No, absolutely not. <laughs> Which is it's one of those things of like, here's a fun fact. I can do this and then cut to that. And they're I like that. And they're constantly just like, you know, why why can't you do this? Is is it because uh you might be actually a disguised enemy stand user? And you're again, you're not quite sure if they're joking until the very end of the episode. We won't get to it. But yeah, these, these Oingo, 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 and I don't even think I, Oingo and Boingo are the actual names. I think they're some, called something else, but uh, I don't care. That's always how I'm going to yeah. refer to them as. But Paul, uh, Polnaroff is a character I, you know, I, I guess I meet in the uh, Anibis episode. Yeah, exactly. We're just trying to cover Oingo and Boingo because our dear listeners probably watched it, unlike you, Malcolm. Yeah, that's on <laughs> me. This is, uh, I feel really bad. This is the first time this has ever happened. <laughs> like, I felt so confident. I was like, Hey Jack, I finished it like, and then um, had some stuff come up just before the recording, and then I was like, "Oh, sweet, I have it all. It's all good. I'm ready to go." I was very confident. But that's why. But that's why we have Logan on because Logan Logan did the job, so we can still continue the conversation on it. Yeah, that's uh, great. The other stuff I liked was in early in the episode where uh, Polnareff is like deciding to to go to a cafe, and he just takes a lit cigarette and flicks it. That's great. He's like, oh, yeah, there's so many cafes here. I can just toss a cigarette, and wherever the cigarette falls, they'll go to that cafe. And then, yeah, they go to this cafe, and, yeah, Oingo and Boingo are, uh, are there, and uh, they're trying to, they're trying to, their goal initially is to poison um, Jotaro and company. And, and constantly, and the, the, the Stardust Crusaders, if you will, are constantly thwarting their plans, because, of course, they're just like, okay, we'll just, you know, put some poison in their tea, and then, then the gang is just like, wait, no, don't give us tea. Anyone can put poison in tea. So give us, you know, three colas. And then they're like, okay, sure, you know, whatever. And they're like, oh, wait, no. Actually, no, get the, uh, get the colas that are like four, four, five, and six away from the left or something like that. Just so That's we right. know. Just so we know that these aren't ones you've already placed with poison. Yeah, and don't open them. We'll open them ourselves. And then they find out the cola is warm and they don't want it anymore. <laughs> And then, uh, yeah, so there's also on top of this, they do end up like drinking the tea. They're about to sip the tea. And then the dog, the farting dog, Iggy, who is, who is always like, Iggy's always portrayed in these episodes as, as uh, being kind of a dumb dog. But you also kind of know that Iggy is obviously, obviously wise to all the goings on. He always has a secret plot. And yeah. I love Iggy. Iggy, awesome. I w- I'm a fan of Iggy. Uh, like what he does in the, the Anibis episode, which we'll get into. Yeah, is Iggy is always like, they're always just like, stupid Iggy, why are you doing this? But it's clear, again, Iggy is a stand user. Iggy, Iggy is a smart boy. Yeah, Iggy might be the smartest character of them all. He is. So yeah, Iggy, Iggy makes a mess and uh, prevents them from being poisoned. 
And on top of that, they're like, wait, why don't we just go to another cafe? <laughs> the other cafe has been lit on fire because of the uh, <laughs> cigarettes. <laughs> Which I think Polnareff says, oh, what idiot threw a cigarette in there or something. Which is him. I love it, man. Uh, Jean-Pierre Polnareff. Uh, and Malcolm, if, if you were to continue your your uh, JoJo watching, at least for Stardust, like Polnareff is effectively like the, the, the co-protagonist of Stardust Crusaders, even though he's introduced a couple episodes later. Um, he's, he's the character who goes through the most uh, growth. He, he starts off as this arrogant douche and then some stuff happens to him and then, you know, he kind of he kind of matures. Yeah, I yeah. really like him. He's, he's such a fun character. I When I first watched the show, I was kind of annoyed by him because I was like, oh wait, why isn't it all about the JoJo? Because that was my preconception. Um, right. But no, I, I am 100% pro Polnareff at this point. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good cast of characters. They're a fun know. group. Yeah. It's like a fun, like, that is the one thing I got gathered from the episodes I watched. Was that it's like, oh yeah, they, these people like hanging out. Like they, they, this is like, is this like the this is like a friends anime? <laughs> like it's just like, hey, we're yeah. all we're all friends and we're going on these adventures. Although one appears to be father and son, but well, grand, grandson, grandson, and oh, grandson, grandson yeah. and grandfather. Yeah, yeah. Jotaro's yeah. Jotaro's father is a jazz musician, a Japanese jazz musician, but we never actually see him in the manga or in the anime. Okay. Oh, because it yeah. skips a generation? Skips a generation, yeah. Uh, but we do get to meet, uh, in part four, we get to meet uh, Joseph's son. Uh, so that's okay. a tease. That's a bit of a tease. Um, but yeah, let's... Uh, so yeah, the, the episode concludes uh, with inevitably uh, fate, uh, fate not siding with Oingo and Boingo because, yeah, he... Um, they, the guy, he manages to get out of the uh, van or whatever... I yeah. loved it. It was excellent. Yeah, that was the thing with the the the, the latest episodes, or like the last arc. Uh, I definitely wanted to keep going, and yeah. I probably will. I'm going to be honest <laughs> already. Really? Oh my god, are we? Is this actually happening? Because I never I never realized this 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 day would happen where Malcolm decides to actually finish a show he's covered. No, <laughs> no, I'm I didn't say that. I said I'd finish the arc. <laughs> oh well, so one episode. Well, um. <laughs> But you see, but you Logan just said it leads to a three-parter, so that's an interesting dilemma. I don't know. I haven't. Maybe I haven't decided yet. All right. I'm uh, now. I'm being wishy-washy. So we're going into the next episode, or do you have? Yeah, more I'm just trying to figure out. I know I ruined this. Uh, I'm just trying to figure out who throws the bomb. Oh, it was Paul Nareff, of course. Yeah, he throws the disguised orange bomb out of the car, and then uh, Oingo accidentally uh, steps on the bomb, causing it to blow up and split its face in two. Right, because he's running out of the car because he has to go to the bathroom. Behind the rock. Yeah, it's it's a funny thing. And then on top of that, we even get a different ending theme, which is uh, like an animation from their d disgusting comic book. Oh, and the other thing too. Oh man, we're we're jumping all over the place. But there's there's also one sequence early on where Boingo and Boingo assault a man with an ugly face. Absolutely, as foretold in the comic book. Yet yeah, yeah, it's foretold in the comic yeah. book. So they're like, oh yeah, you with the ugly face, and they shit kick him. So after this whole ordeal, after this whole ordeal of Oingo being blown up, they get accosted by the uh, the ugly man and his gang. Because <laughs> the ugly man is rich and just hires a bunch of dudes to beat the shit out of them. So like any prophecy, it all comes back to uh, to bite them in the ass. Because prophecies can't happen. Prophecy, <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's, it, it, it's an old trope, but it's a fun one. And this episode plays with it in a really awesome way. It's like I was just laughing my butt off watching it. And then Anubis. Anubis, yeah. Anubis, when I picked these episodes, I was like, I wanted to, because we talk about stand users, they're typically 
portrayed as human, although yes, Iggy is a dog, but in this case, the stand user is a sword. That's right. Yeah, that was like, I was wondering if this was like some sort of body horror almost, where I'm like, is this person like trapped in this sword? But no, yeah, it appeared that the, the sword was itself the user, and then obviously anyone who touched it unsheathed became possessed and then uh, would kill, uh, just kill people. Was, was it killing animals? Just no, thank thank God. There's no animal murder in these episodes. Uh, yeah, there is quite a bit in JoJo in general, but not these episodes. Yeah, these these are pro pita episodes. Uh, pro, um, it's good for yeah. good for cows. Good for cows. Cows are treated well in this. That's right. Yeah, it it is a particularly violent episode, but uh, no cows are harmed except for maybe a little a little stab. Yeah. Well, yeah, because like this episode starts off with we don't even see the the, the guys. We're like in the desert with these like other people but like yeah like it appears i don't know what they were doing in the desert like i forget no, they're just random egyptian people yeah they're just random yeah because they're also in egypt and i don't know if they were in egypt before in the, 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 the second half of Stardust crusaders takes place entirely in egypt basically. um oh the first half is a road trip towards egypt um because that's the thing Stardust crusaders uh when iraqi was writing it this is just me going off of memory but he talks about in this book he wrote uh, called Manga in Theory and in Practice about how he was basically like told uh, that he should, he, he should do a tournament arc for his next arc in JoJo uh, because that would um, boost sales. And he refused to. Uh, he decided to do a road trip arc. And he said that because with a, with a tournament, the opponents the characters face are basically constantly stronger. They're constantly facing stronger and stronger opponents. But if you do like a road trip arc, the the enemies they face can be anyone. Sometimes it's people who are stronger than them, and sometimes it's characters who are weaker. And weaker characters can be can be deceptive and tricky, and that can lead to more interesting conflicts than just a series of you know I'm the I'm the strongest one on the totem pole. No, I'm the strongest one on the totem pole, basically. Yeah, waiting yeah. to get to the final boss. Yeah, it's a bit more varied, and and like we've seen, we Boingo and Boingo are not particularly strong characters. They just try to deceive the uh, the Stardust Crusaders effectively. When was Stardust Crusaders like produced? Um, I know Joe's an older like uh, these, manga. these episodes came out in in 2018. Oh, so they're really they're, they're newer. Oh, no, I really I looked at the English air date. Never mind, 2015. 2015. But, but still, they were the, talking the last like five ten years. The the manga the manga came out in like 89. That's what I. And then there was uh, the OVA based yeah. on Stardust Crusaders in the the mid 90s. Okay, because what I liked about this episode and then the other arc that I watched uh, is that they like it kind of felt like it had still like a bit of like '90s TV storytelling to it, where it's just like here's this like random arc of like here's an interesting character. It kind of reminded me of like the Star Trek shows. Like I haven't okay. watched a ton of Star Trek, like the like '90s Star Trek, but like tend they tended to have these like episodes where they would just like go off and do something random. And it's um, a little more disconnected hmm. to the greater arc. Yeah, show. and I guess yeah. maybe it's because like a lot most modern TV shows are these like heavy, dense like you better watch every single episode or you're gonna be That's lost. Right. You yeah, know, where... like monster of the week kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, where this is yeah, this is that monster of the week, and I liked it. I liked this like yeah, this ran this sword that's the stand user. Yeah, and this and guy that... goes off, he kills uh his his family unfortunately, and then like he runs into Pomeranov or yeah. Pomeroff, that's who he runs into. Um, yeah. Or Jean-Pierre. They, if it's easier for you, you can call him Jean-Pierre. Uh, I like Pomeroff. 
Uh, Polnareff. Polnareff. I'll get it. I, I got to get it. This is the goal of the book. I like the name. I looked it up. Apparently, he's named after a French musician. Oh, uh, I didn't know with, that. With crazy hair. Like, oh. just the crazy, like, just curly, bleach blonde hair for, like, a 70-year-old man. <laughs> like, it does not work. You know, it's like Brian May. I don't know if you know Brian May from Queen. Oh, absolutely. But like he's, yeah, his hair hasn't changed since the 70s. And it's the, like The only thing that's changed is the color. Yeah. yeah. But this one, it's like, imagine if Brian May was like, I'm going to keep dying it blonde or whatever. Although I think Brian May's hair was black. That's right. Uh, yeah. there, there are a lot of Queen references to come in JoJo. Not in these episodes, but there are a lot of Queen references. Don't yeah. be But then, um, it, that, that, then it makes sense. It's like, oh, of course he's, you know, this character is named after this random French musician because all these characters, a lot of them are named after random bands and musicians. Oh, yeah. Wait, wait, wait till we get to, to one of the last ones. I don't think you watched the episode because I guess, yeah, you were, you were, you were spending time with your mother because, yes, we, were, we are recording uh, during the Christmas holidays. So, fair, fair enough. Um, but yeah. Ice. I, okay, you were the one who said it, not me. <laughs> Cut this, cut this. <laughs> no. Uh, it's all good, man. We're having fun. Um, what were you saying though? So yeah, like this this road trip format, yeah. Like again, Malcolm, this this material, even though the show debuted, even though this version of the show we've watched is from 2015, this is this is manga material from the late 80s, early 90s. So yeah, it does have this very again, like if you're reading this manga, you're a you're a 12-year-old Japanese kid reading this very violent series um in your weekly shonen jump magazine, basically. So these fights, they span a couple chapters each, maybe like four, four to six chapters. So you're reading these fights over the course of, yeah, six weeks. Yeah, I just like the fight. I like the, the comedy of like errors of how the sword gets passed on to the next group brand of It's people. really fun. It's really fun. But also, this... at the beginning of this episode, I'm sorry to, to cut back, the episode just starts off with them in the hospital talking to a guy who's like missing his eyes i think yeah so so in the previous episode which again i didn't provide for you guys to watch so it's all good that malcolm you don't understand the context but but calculine and abdal were injured in a previous fight so that's why they weren't featured in the oingo boingo episode basically mm -hmm. but oingo boingo ends with uh the other characters arriving at the hospital yeah go see them. oh okay that makes that i guess that makes sense yeah because yeah, that's where, like, for me, that's where I, like, it got introduced to Iggy, the dog, um, and his farting ways, and his adversarial relationship with Jean-Pierre. Yeah. <laughs> Iggy, Iggy, the farting dog. Yeah, Ig Iggy and Polnareff have a, have a love-hate relationship. He also chews gum. I, I love that. I love that there's a dog that just chews a lot of gum. And the yeah. nurses, because, like, at the beginning, the nurse, there's, like, four nurses that are surrounding them being like, should that dog be chewing gum? But they're also <laughs> hammered by it too. Like they're not yeah. stopping it. And, and like that made what... me wonder, have I ever seen a dog chew gum before? And the answer is no. I because I don't no. think they're capable of it. They would just swallow it. <laughs> they they wouldn't know what to do with it. Um so yeah, we we find this guy, yeah. So after after this hospital stuff, we get the stuff with Chaka, who uh is not treated well. His family sucks. Chaka's family sucks. Uh, I'm not sure if they deserve to die necessarily, but they certainly they certainly didn't do themselves any favors by trying to pull out the sword and making fun of Chaka. No, they're they're quite unkind to him. They're quite unkind. Um, so yeah, Chaka ends up 
getting the sword because again the sword possesses Chaka and he's the one who's able to pull it out of his sheath. He ends up squaring off against Polnareff, which of course makes sense because Polnareff's stand is called Silver Chariot, which has like a big rapier. And that was an excellent fight sequence as well. They're inside this like series of pillars, and of course the uh, the Anubis sword or whatever can pass through like solid objects, which just kind of raises the stakes a bit as well. And you have you, you're kind of on the side of of Polnareff discovering this sword's abilities as he does. And I think it's just, it's, it's very well choreographed for me as a viewer. Yeah, I like this idea of the sword, like, will, like, it won't harm the objects around it, but will, like, only harm the thing it's going to attack. Like, that's, yeah. like, that's something's really cool about that, that I, like, that I really, like, I've never seen before. I was like, oh, that's, like, really inventive. Like, it's a very inventive way to, like, create a battle. The best JoJo fights, and, and this is why JoJo pretty much only gets better, because again, it, it, it is a series that's still ongoing. Uh, I just read the latest chapter of uh, part eight. But the best JoJo fights aren't, aren't like fights where it's like, oh, this guy's stronger than me, and how, how do I make myself stronger? It's more like this fight is a puzzle, and how do I solve it? That, yeah, that makes sense. Like, that's like something I wish more like blockbuster movies would do than like, like just to like add a little extra layer to the, their fights. Because I will say that is like the standout for this show. It has been the fight scene. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. and I mean, again, it's it's a great format where again they they come across each each every couple episodes they come across a different enemy stand user who wants to defeat them in various ways. Holding around, he does he does end up defeating Chaka uh, because his his stand silver chariot can actually um, eject its rapier out, and so he uses it to like bounce bounce across the pillars, and it it gets Chaka in the neck. Although they're very clear to say uh, uh, Chaka has only been knocked unconscious despite, you know, bleeding from the neck. That's right. Uh, yeah. I was like, also, he... and, the, and the trauma that he'll have when he realizes he killed his, like, dad. You is... know what? I, I'm, I don't think he's going to feel super bad. I mean, his family seemed pretty shitty. Maybe he'll get a good inheritance. I hope Chaka's okay, because Chaka, by all accounts, didn't seem like that bad of a person. That's no. Right. I mean, because there's, like, several people who, like, get a hold of this sword where you're just like, they seemed like good people before, like like to jump a little bit ahead. But there's at one point a barber gets yeah. So, so let's get to that barber. So basically, yeah, Polnareff yeah. defeats uh, Chaka. He picks up the sword. He almost gets swayed by its influence, but you know, Jotaro and Co arrive, and then and then they decide to go to a barber shop. Uh, a a place. Oh yeah, yeah. What I loved about it is that they initially are like in this hotel room, and they're like, "What are we gonna do with that?" And then like they're like, "Oh, I guess we'll like return it to the authorities." But obviously, before they go to the authorities, they you know they gotta get a nice shave <laughs> and like some haircut. Why? What? You you've just fought a, pos a a possessed sword sword thing. Why go to a man who also specializes in a form of blade? Vanity takes precedent. Vanity, and to be fair, the shave that Polnareff is getting looks very good. I would be. I'm very jealous. Oh of man, I've never had a straight razor shave before. I've always kind of wanted one. But have you either of you had one? I think I've had, maybe I've had once one back when I did it myself in my own shitty way. <laughs> I've had one once. I, I went to the barber, cost like 15 bucks for the shave. And it, it's, you know, they do the hot towel and then get the foam on there. And it's, it's, it's excellent. It it's seems so relaxing. And that, that yeah. was the one thing I was like, I kind of get it. Like, I get why Honorov is like, I got to get this done. Like, hey, after the, a fight, you're like, yeah, I want to relax a little bit. I won. <laughs> The, the animators do a standout job with making that look like a very good shave, I'll say that. I mean, I think it's one of the few experiences you can have with, like, a blade to your neck that 
can be relaxing. And then sa sadly, uh, Anubis uh, possesses the barber, uh, whose name is Khan. And uh, the episode ends on a cliffhanger with him preparing to kill Polnareff. And I'm like, oh no, not Khan. <laughs> like, who's <laughs> with him? Because like he's, because uh, Polnareff is like, they've decided like he has to be escorted. I forget who. Yeah, was... he's with uh, Jotaro, I think. Yeah, Jotaro. Yeah. 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 They 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 always again the Stardust Crusaders. They're like a group of five. five well, actually, no, six if you include Iggy. But they always split them up. Yeah, I guess maybe, maybe just because it's easier to tell stories that way. Because if you have like six stand users, I guess they could just beat the shit out of the one dude. Yeah, they got to make sure one is like on the other side of town. It's like, but I was trying to have my lunch. <laughs> <laughs> That's that is an excuse I'm sure has been used in episodes. Paul, Paul Nareff, he he's trying to beat Khan, but the thing is, Anubis has memorized like all of Silver Chariot's moves. I I also like that. I like this idea of like, oh, he like ha like he banks on like knowing like, oh, this is what you do like. I like that. I mean, I notice a lot of stand users seem to do that, where they're like, after a fight, they're like, I know now how to defeat you, or I know what you're going to do. You have to have even more in your inventory. But um, yeah, I think the, uh, the sword, I think the sword has an excellent personality. Like he's very, he's very arrogant, but he also has some like anxiety as well. <laughs> you learn in part two and stuff. But like, I was very intrigued by this, like, sword who like i thought would just be like this ancient whatever i'm tough but he he has he has a personality he's feisty you know he really is yeah yeah well because we find out in the second episode that he's uh the only reason why he's like with dario uh or dio. Or, or dio sorry uh wow dario i don't know even know dario is but no dario's dio's father so actually you kind of got it right Oh, okay. That's Dario Brando. That's why you got. All right. It's it's some of it did come back to me. I will say <laughs> I was like parts were coming back. It just was come back in an interesting order. But yeah, Dio. The he I pledged allegiance to Dio because uh, Dio uh, saved him from being in like some museum. I guess he was just on display for a, a century or two. Seems like a better fate than the one he gets at the end of the episode, though. Sadly, which uh, I I was gonna ask by the way with like okay, so he's like in this museum. I'm yeah. surprised like to get out of the museum before Dio showed up. Why didn't he just like possess one of the museum workers to get out? Yeah, you know what? Maybe maybe we need a prequel about Anubis. We, we, we need Anubis. <laughs> I, yeah, I could do that. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, there there are some JoJo spinoffs that feature spinoff characters, but uh, not the ones we've met in Stardust. Uh, alas, Anubis is like you know fighting the Silver Chariot, but then Star Platinum, uh, who is jojo stand uh manages to snap anubis in half slightly impaled just slightly <laughs> yeah yeah, he, he, yeah. yeah. so jotaro he does get, does get impaled by uh anubis but it mostly i guess it primarily hit his belt oh yeah before this they like they managed to get uh anubis to not possess khan and then yeah. they're about to like i guess return uh the sword to the authorities and then a uh was wait, does the cop show up after the cop shows up after Khan gets defeated, but then unfortunately Polnareff accidentally gets possessed. Yeah, I love. Yeah, I thought that was such a funny moment where he's like, "Ah, I was just gonna return this to the authorities," and then they're like, two men were having a sword fight." <laughs> like, he could, like, he's like, "No, I'm trying to give you this sword," and then obviously gets possessed. Like, I was just a funny thing. And it, it's something, of course, you you as a viewer would want to see. You're like, of course, let the let the sword stand user also get possessed by the sword stand because that'd be fun. Yeah, you wanted that. Like it was like it was the natural evolution. It's like, of course, Polnareff needs to get uh, possessed at some point. Yeah, and now now Polnareff has two swords. And then like how I forget how he gets 
the sword, like how he stops getting possessed. Well, but... yeah. So, so Anubis does. Anubis, who's who's being used by Polnareff, does like yeah, stab uh, Jotaro, but then Stars Platinum actually smashes it to pieces because Jotaro is just so tough that he he can take a stabbing. He can take a light stabbing. That's the thing. He's the kind of guy who, yeah, he can stab. He can get <laughs> he... stabbed, and he's like. I'm fine. <laughs> Seventeen-year-old Jotaro Kujo. He's seventeen. I think he's I didn't realize that. I thought he was considerably older. <laughs> no. As I've discovered more and more, I'm like seventeen. I guess we'll buy into it. <laughs> like, I guess, like he feels like he's about forty. Yeah, seventeen. Years old. Seventeen years old, Jotaro Kujo. <laughs> yeah, he feels like he's about forty-five based on how deep his voice is. And jo- Jotaro Kujo looks younger in actually later parts but that's because of a massive art shift that comes in part four yeah well based on also what happens in the next uh the parts we watch i was like oh he has to be older <laughs> like like just based well, on no I'm, I'm i'm talking about not parts i'm talking parts as in like uh manga arc so like we're watching uh, the following uh, the following arc is called uh diamond is unbreakable yeah uh the the art style in in part three in stardust crusaders is, is wild um you actually get a you actually get a flashback in part five um the anime version of part five to part three and you see you see what jotaro would look like as a normal teenager basically it's really interesting uh speaking of appearances i looked up michael Hermeroff. wow that is that is a french man <laughs> yeah hair. wow i don't wow. even know how they like how they even found him to be like this is the guy we're going to name this character after but i get it like if you see a photo of him it's he, like oh he yeah just I... like music man i mean iraqi is just a fan of of music he's just like i'm just gonna name all my characters after after awesome musicians why not i mean there's a character in this show named uh jay giles jay giles was an awesome band uh there there is a steely dan i i'm sorry malcolm but i did not make you guys watch the steely dan episode or dan of oh. <laughs> Is the character named Dan of Steel? <laughs> the Ameri- so the thing about the show is that they will have like American non-copyright infringing names. Yeah, I was curious about like I, that in terms of legally, because like I, I mean, I guess it's like ah, uh, it's not the best, but like I don't know if like a band has the right to be like, hey, you can't name your character like after this band because it's, it's, it's also- like not the band; it's like it's a character. It's also incredibly inconsistent. Yeah. It's incredibly inconsistent in the series, like for the American dub, what, what like, names they use and which names they don't. Like uh, if I was in the band REO Speedwagon and I found out, oh, there's this Japanese anime and they have a character named Robert EO Speedwagon, I'd laugh so hard and be like, I got to keep it. I'm not gonna, pay, I'm not gonna put up a legal fight over that. It's like it's funny. Uh, the 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 villain in the arc after uh, the second two-parter that we watched. That's a sentence. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the the villain in theory is named uh, Vanilla Ice, but he in the English dub he's Cool Ice. That's because that's what you know because Ice is cool. Ice is yeah. And, and um yeah there there's a character in part five he has a stand named Aerosmith but it's called a uh, little bomber in the the American dub. Yeah. There, there's all sorts of things. Um, but just the stand names, man. Like I, just off the top of my head, there's stands called Sticky Fingers, uh, Gold Experience, uh, Sex Pistols. I'm naming a lot from Part Five because Part Five has some awesome names. And the great yeah. thing is, if you watch the the Japanese dub, it's not like they're saying those names in Japanese. You'll literally just hear the the Japanese voice actor say Sex Pistols, and it's amazing. Oh so man! Cool. 
So that like that, that that is like some of the pros to to watching uh, the Japanese uh, version of the show. A lot, lot of great names, but yeah. So so basically, Jotaro he kicks the shit out of Anubis. Um, Anubis's uh, blade goes flying, but thankfully for Anubis, there is, there is a small child who comes into contact with his blade, and uh, he possesses a child. And with Jotaro's back turned, uh, Anubis as child throws the blade, and he's like, "Well, at least I can finally get my revenge." Uh, but unfortunately, uh, fate is not so kind to Anubis. Yeah, I know. Instead, like uh, Anubis misses, and then he's flown right into the Nile River. But before he gets there, he like bounces around. I think he's like, uh, yeah, he hits a cow. He hits a cow. Because he's, he's gonna, he thinks he's gonna hit this like random wall, and then I think he bounces off that wall. Or yeah. no, he goes invisible on the wall, and then yeah, he, he goes hits- invisible on the wall. That's what I like too. His own power ends up biting him in the butt. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He lands in a cow on a boat. The cow is not so fond of this new sensation, starts thrashing around. Jotaro and the others look at the boat and are like, oh, look at that crazy cow. And then, uh, unfortunately, Anubis is flung into the river. Yeah. and uh, Yeah, because yeah. the cow, like, goes overboard. The cow, goes, then... the cow gets saved, at least. I'm glad the cow got saved, because the cow yeah, which... wrong. No, I mean, that's the thing. It's like no cow will be truly harmed in the making of these episodes. Um, it's true. And I appreciate that, um, even though I love steak. But um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, but then he like, also I like that because like before he's like, he's like, uh, Anubis is making a bunch of, um, what is it? I don't, not even derogatory comments. So he's just like making fun of the guy who likes operating the boat. He's like, look at this <laughs> idiot. Like I'll possess him and I'll get back to land. And like, all this fun stuff but yeah obviously instead he hits the cow and then ends up in the water and and then he's like begging for his life he's begging for the fishes and the crabs to save him yeah i love that i love that he was trying to sweet talk these fish and like there's the crabs as if they couldn't understand him i don't know if they can understand him but they don't appear to i think he referred to one of the crabs as mr crab and i got a little chuckle out of that (laughs) oh yeah he did yeah a little little I'm sure it's not a SpongeBob reference, but I did enjoy it. I, I'm sure whoever was dubbing it or who was ever translating the dubbing script was just like, they smirk. They probably had a smirk. They're like, yeah, yeah, we, yeah. we can fit this in. Just as I did. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Anubis's fate, not a good one. He, he's just gonna, he's gonna be at the bottom of the ocean uh, for the rest of his life until he goes insane. He's not even the first character in JoJo to have this fate. Uh, the main villain of part two ha- has a similar fate where he's just like, trapped in, a, in an endless state of existence, uh, never to uh, escape it. Well, isn't the implication that he's going to rust and die? He's just going to rust and die. I don't know if a sword can technically yeah. die. I think all he can do is just rust and just, yeah. Well, I think he even says he'll rust in only a few days. <laughs> so it won't take yeah. long. But then again, yeah, once you rust, it's not like it like just disappears over time. It's like, you know, you think they there's still parts of the, uh, I don't know, the Titanic that are still around. Yeah, he's it's it's not good to be a noob. He he's he's long uh, gone insane since uh, 1989 when he uh, was when he fell down into that river. Moving yeah. on to the next one. So so I had messed up. I I had told you guys Darby the player when I actually meant Darby the gambler, and it's because when I looked on Netflix, I saw Darby the player and I knew of Darby the gambler. I'm like, oh, maybe that's just like a missed a, a different episode title. Maybe I just got the titles mixed up. But no, mm-hmm. there there are two Darby brothers. Uh, one That's of whom is a gambler. And yeah, the- well, they reference he references the brother. Yeah. In in the like the episode, so I was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. 
Uh, yeah. it, it feels like Darby is a first name, so they're both named Darby as in first names. I didn't think they were <laughs> last name Darby. So yeah. like, like imagine that. Like, I would, it'd be, I would be so pissed off at my parents if my brother and I shared the same first name. <laughs> So no, like, actually, really? <laughs> according according to the JoJo Wiki, um, no, there uh, the Darby we're going to talk about is Terrence T. Darby, and uh, oh, his okay. older brother is Daniel J. Darby. I'm curious what musicians they're named after, but uh, if not, it doesn't sound like they are. But that's yeah, because that's better. Because I was like, I would be, I was almost upset thinking about that. I was like, what? If they are both named Darby first name, I'm going to be so mad. I'd also seen them been referred to as Darby the Younger and Darby the Older too, so I'm just like... That's, oh. Right, that's exactly what the uh, the subtitle said for me, was like Darby Younger has entered the battle or such and such. Yeah. You know? But yeah, so so I do want to talk a bit about Darby the Gambler though, just, just, for, just for the fans listening to this podcast who are just like, yeah, Darby the Gambler is a worthwhile episode. Because it is, again, one of those JoJo episodes where it moves away from just punch ghosts and them trying to fight a strong opponent. Because instead, it, it's Polnareff, uh, Joseph, and and eventually the, the winner being Jotaro facing off against this guy who, who is a gambler. And the whole thing is he gambles souls. As does his brother in this episode, but not yeah. so much gambling as much as video games. Video games. The yeah. These two characters, their fights are so fun. Like, again, it, it's completely unconventional. It's it's nothing like something like Dragon Ball or or even modern stuff like My Hero Academia. It's just them playing these weird games with weird rules, and uh, yeah. our heroes have to outsmart them, which is always really fun. I mean, imagine having to play uh, F Zero or F Mega, F Mega, <laughs> having to play a racer in exchange for your, keeping your soul. And if you would admit defeat at any point, then your your soul is taken. So yeah, yeah. This, this episode, Darby the Player, it does open up with uh, us finally. Finally, uh, Kalkuin, he he joins the, the crew again, and they're ready to take on Dio. They just have to go through this uh, manor, effectively. And um, it starts with their arrival at Dio's mansion, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I just wanted to confirm that was... Yeah, it's, it's Dio, Dio's mansion, and yeah, uh, jo as always, the, the Stardust Crusaders, they split up. Uh, Jotaro, Joseph, and Kalkuin go one way, and then uh, Polnareff... Avdal and Iggy go another, and uh, I'll say this right now: Jotaro, Jotaro's crew gets it a lot easier. Um, Absolutely, they do. They yeah, after watching the the three part that takes place after, which is like during the same period of time, it's like, all right, these guys are off playing video games, and I won't say what the other guys are doing, but it's it's, well, it's we, not. We can, we can talk about the three parter eventually, but yeah, let's let's just yeah. get to the, the video game stuff for now. Terrence Darby, Darby the Younger. I like the name Darby the Younger. I think I'm going to use that. Yeah, yeah I yeah. I like that too because I like Darby the Younger, Darby the Older. It still implies the first name thing that I that I yeah. truly love, and yeah, uh, and it makes sense because he like Darby the Younger really doesn't like his older brother. He like calls him a cheat, and there's this flashback where he's like, yeah, like when I like. My brother's 10 years older, like hit on my girlfriend, who I think when I was 15, so that implied that he, a 25 year old was hitting on Ooh, a 15 year old. Uh, <laughs> and that then the 15 year old beat the shit out of his, the old young, Darby the younger beat the shit out of Darby the older, which I'm like, fair. I'm, all, I'm kind of on your side on this. <laughs> like, this is not like, even though he has this creepy chest of souls that are like the soul dolls. That are just like, oh, this is horrifying. Which, by the way, when he opens when he opens the chest of soul dolls, 
and the color gets all inverted to like purple and green just animated beautifully i really loved that whole sequence really, oh yeah really cool. yeah i like that too i was like oh and like they all like had distinct personalities like all, yeah. the, all the souls um yeah even though it got creepy, like especially got creepy when he took out Darby the Younger took out that like the woman, and she's like, "Oh, so soft skin," and she tells me all these stories about her loves. So I was like, "Oh, Jesus Christ!" I mean, um, let's let, let's face it: none of Dio's assassins are, are the nicest of people. They're all they're all generally pretty fucked up. Yeah, but I was just like, that was probably that was where I was like, "Oh, the misogyny is back. <laughs> That's it's back." I mean, um, at, least, at least this character is supposed to be evil. At least that's true. He is, yeah. The Darby, Darby. I mean, listen. Well, I guess is is Darby the older, the worst one? I, I guess. I guess you know they're, they're both pretty despicable. Yeah. So, uh, so Kakuin decides to decides to uh, to be the sacrificial lamb. He decides to, to face off against uh, Darby the younger, and they play off Mega. And to be fair, Kakuin Kakuin's doing well. He, he's using a scan to kind of to kind of aid him f mega match is done in this 3d style which is kind of nice i really liked it i was like oh and like it's it felt uh yeah it's it felt like an actual race where you're like oh this is like a more hardcore version of like need for speed like that's what it was like it was like uh and i love that they both have played it so much that they like know all these turns and like oh like this part is in complete darkness which i feel like if that game had been released in real life the Steam comments would be overwhelming and the YouTube commentary would be excruciating to watch. <laughs> yeah, there, there's some fun stuff in this fight too. Like when they have to go through the tunnel and then Kathleen yeah. uh, manages to like kind of go through the loop so they're both able to fit into the tunnel. The whole sequence is animated beautifully and like the tunnel as it's coming up, it's like, is he going to make it? Like it's mm -hmm. very suspenseful, which I don't know that uh, that a lot of shows capture the suspense as well as this one does, especially this episode where they're just playing a video game, really, right? Like there's so much on the line and the video game is suspenseful. It's really well done. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, it it definitely feels like it was like this whole sequence is animated, directed, like written by people who do play like video games like racing video games like i think like a lot of times when you see at least when i've seen scenes uh like in films and tv shows where they're trying to play video games like it's yeah. it really is written by people who like i've never played this before and I, I don't know if they're just like too old or like they just like never got into it but it's just like i don't know it's always missing something and this time around it was like oh this is actually interesting it, it feels like they're abiding by the rules of the game while still using like skills and tricks and stuff as opposed to them just like oh i pressed this button and now i can do this arbitrarily exactly yeah or if you watch like a movie like the wizard where they're like they say they're playing a video game but they're just like moving their thumbs like this and it's like all right oh man i i things are getting better at least but the problem is it is very hard to depict playing video games as like something interesting on film because of course people can just watch i mean now people can watch twitch streamers so people even have the context for watching people play video games on like other services too that's true i mean i think during this yeah. pandemic i've definitely uh watched more video game like youtube videos and like twitch streams than i've ever have or even ever thought i was going to do uh it is like because it is there's something interesting and satisfying about watching someone who's like infinitely better than you at, at a game sort of like oh this is what i should yeah. try to be aiming for um so sadly sadly kakuin despite all all his uh 
vigor, he, he's unable to defeat uh, Darby the Younger. Darby the Younger, it turns out, had planned ahead. Oh, yeah, because there's this, like, weird power bar thing that I didn't really figure out until it was, like, too late. I didn't even realize I was going to factor in. Yeah, I, honestly, like, there's the power bar. And then I honestly thought that he was going to win. And then Darby the Younger is like, oh, you did good, but did you count for this? Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah, that twist was, I actually did surprise me. I like, because, like, what happens is that they, uh, they're they battling and, um, and there's like the spin move that one guy does, not Darby, the guy who's uh, playing. How, what is his name? Kakuin. Kakuin? Yeah, you said it right. Kakuin. Uh, it does a spin move. He did it at the beginning of the race and it like does it near the end. But then that yeah. spin move launches him off the track. And you think normally in like racing games, they would just be like, oh, you're out of bounds. But no, this time around, it launches him like further ahead in, on the track. That's and I, right. I liked that. I was like, oh, shit. He admits defeat. That, and that's the thing. His, uh, the soul will be taken if you admit defeat. And they're trying yeah. to, like, the, uh, Jotaro and his grandfather are both trying to, like, cheer him on, being like, you can do this. Like, well, you'll believe in yourself, but it's already too late. Yeah. Um, one what, small detail that I liked about, or that I thought was kind of funny with the video games, is that they're, like, playing on, like, like Super Nintendo controllers. <laughs> so, like, it's not... It's not like keyboard or mouse or anything. They're like on really old school. I mean, again, yeah. this was written in the 80s. So this was eight, late 80s, early 90s. So this was the yeah. reference. Yeah. I guess written so in that, the 80s, made in the 2000s. Yeah, but again, they're still adapt. This is a 100% faithful adaptation. That's actually like one of the criticisms of the Stardust Crusaders adaptation of this one because it is 48 episodes long and people are like, oh, well, you could have cut some fights. Um, right. The, t- the two subsequent seasons uh, do a bit more editing, and they're both like 10 episodes less than Stardust, despite okay. when it comes to manga chapters being relatively equal, if not more. And that's the thing. Like, again, most of the, fight, the, the fights I've all picked all come from the second half. I think early Stardust Crusaders, there's definitely some fights where you can clearly tell uh, Araki is figuring it out. And so that, that's definitely fun to watch. It's just like a creative person evolving his style. But yeah, it's certainly the, the second half of the series has the best fights by far. It's where he's like really playing with the format and just figuring out like, oh, this is what stands can be. It's not just dudes punching each other. They're more evolved. And I like that. They're, they're more evolved and it makes it fun. Like I said, the, these fights are puzzles. That's what they really are. So so anyways, let, let, moving on to, to the next game. Uh, oh, that's a baseball. I love that yeah. title. Oh, that's a baseball. Which somehow was like just as intense as a fast paced race game they made like baseball be like oh my god what's gonna happen you know as, as someone who doesn't give a shit about baseball yeah i, I love I, baseball so okay, i so- mean i well I'll, i love going to baseball games baseball watching it on tv is really boring somehow this yeah. wasn't boring like this was like yeah. and i think it starts yeah. with the fact that the, it's called oh that's a baseball like that's yeah. like great what a great ball. name they could have just called it major league baseball and nobody well nobody wants that this game would have sold way better if it said, oh, that's a baseball. But, it, it, it also feels like a name of a baseball game from, like, the 80s. Like, it definitely yeah. has, like, oh, that's, like, a perfect, like, it's just such a perfect joke. And, like, I've played, personally, I've played almost every sports game. Like, I've played, yeah. like, I have, like, NHL, because uh, we're in Canada. I've have, like, I played MLB The Show before. I've played Madden before. Yeah. I've played 
NBA 2K, and they they all vary in terms of quality, and I don't get them every year. But like this one, like just I love this idea of like you you have all these pitchers, and they seem to have like programmed of like this is what my pitcher does or this is what my hitter does. But like you can draw your own uh, characters. I love that. <laughs> I, I also like how the how the stands themselves are the uh, are the players. Well, they just they have the opportunity to draw their team, and then they yeah, they obviously just draw their own stands. Yeah, and which is cool because yeah, it's just nice to see a uh, Joe Taro stand star platinum in a baseball uniform. It's a very Jackbox moment. <laughs> it's like a Jackbox games moment. So, what do you think of this match? This match has some interesting things because, for one thing, uh, Darby the Younger reveals he has he has another power, which is that he can read Joe Taro's responses. Well, that explains the first the race and like how he won. Because yeah. it was because there was definitely an element where it's like oh like he clearly couldn't plan some of the stuff he claims he was planning. Also, I love the that you know the reveal like the reveal that Joe Jotaro uh, doesn't know how to play video games. Yeah, <laughs> he's so confident, and then he's just blowing it. And Joseph is like, "What the hell?" Yeah, uh, he only picks the baseball game I think because he's maybe have played baseball before. Yeah. Um, and I, I love that because uh, like that's where I was like when you revealed earlier that he's 17 I was like how could he be 17 and like never have touched the listen, video game. Listen Jotaro was too busy beating up kids for money and having sex with girls. I think I think Jotaro is just too too cool for any of that stuff. Yeah I guess so. Um, that... he, he's he's a cool dude. He's He's the most jacked seven. But to be fair, I think Polnareff is only like a year older than he, He's a jacked misogynist seventeen-year-old. That's, that's what we're going with, Jotar. I'm sorry if the, if there if there are any uh, people in the '80s who are like, actually, no, there was a really good feminism culture among Japanese teens. Please correct me. I'm sorry for that, but yeah. I'm just yeah, saying, yeah. Jotaro. This podcast is being sent back in time to the '80s, where, they, where we're going to have people comment. We're going to have people comment. Like, this is what we do. <laughs> we just saw Wall Street in theaters. Um. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so anyways, the whole thing about Joe Taro is Joe Taro is a bluffer. He he did defeat Darby the Gambler by bluffing. Uh, yeah. In the in the defeat in the uh, conclusion to the Darby the Gambler fight. Um, yeah. So they're playing poker, and Joe Taro is so confident that he doesn't even look at his cards, which car causes Darby the Gambler to basically go insane and have a mental breakdown. <laughs> And he's just like, wait, what kind of hand could he have? Because Darby the Gambler has this incredible, incredible hand. And yeah, he yeah. just has this like inner monologue where he just starts foaming at the mouth. Yeah. And just has a break. Darby the Younger kind of references this. He's like, you know, you're not gonna, you're not gonna bluff me like you did my brother. I, out of the cards, dude. Out of the cards. Be yeah. Because yeah. when Jotaro had bluffed uh, Darby the Gambler, um, it's revealed at the very end after Darby loses that it turns out Jojo's hand was shit and he didn't even know how to play poker. That's so good. Yeah, but that like makes sense because like in poker, um, you tend to like bluffing is a big part of the game, but it's and, like and you so can bluff really well if you don't even know your cards. But in video games, you rarely, very rarely want to uh, to bluff. Like there's no no reason to be like, oh, I don't know how to yeah. play this. <laughs> like, well, and I'm, but, I'm just yeah. gonna show that I can. Or is there because um, because the way this fight is solved, and I guess Malcolm, you were you were too busy with your moment, so I guess you didn't see the, the fight's conclusion, did you not? No, I didn't. I, I we only okay. got yeah because I we weren't I weren't assigned that episode. 
Well, no, I, well, I, I texted you. I told you you could watch it if you wanted to, but you're like, no. Yeah, I didn't have enough time, <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. No, this was a bear, more busy day than I expected. This recording day. <laughs> it's all good. It's Christmas time. But yeah, Logan, you watched it. And yeah, how how was this solved? It's solved in a really fun way because yet again, JoJo, JoJo bullshitted. Yeah, and it's got a help. You can help me out here, Jack. But yeah. uh, Joseph has his... Uh, what is it called? Uh, it's stand uh, Hermit Purple. Yeah. On, is it on the controller? Or? Yeah. So it, it turns yeah. out Jotaro was not playing baseball at all. In fact, yeah. it was Joseph who was doing it the entire time. That's right. Yeah. So they're able to like trick the inner monologue that uh, that, that Darby the Younger is reading from their souls because he's he's reading he's reading Jotaro and Jotaro's being like, oh, I'm gonna go do this. I'm gonna do that, but he's not really controlling it. Yeah. So that that's the whole thing. Darby's reading off of Jotaro, Jotaro's inner monologue, and he's yeah, he's trying to predict again, he's trying to use that to his advantage, but Jotaro's just giving him false signals because of course he's not the one actually playing him playing the game. Yeah, because yeah. they make a reference in one of the episodes that I watched where they're like, Oh, um, you know, Jojo can't play because he's so old. It, it's all part of the con for them too, though, because it's very clear that Joseph and, and Jotaro were were in on this to begin with. And then the really fun part happens after Darby has his breakdown because he, he asks uh, Joe Taro if he's going to punch him with his left or his right hand. And he's just like, no, 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 no. And he's like, oh, my God, are you going to do the aura aura thing? And he's just like, yes, 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 yes. And he does get pummeled into complete oblivion. He's, yeah, because he locks, like, one of the reasons they're even doing any of this is because, like, He's possessed one of his hands, like Jotaro's hands is, are possessed. Yeah. Well, I guess I guess this happens at the start of the first part of the three-parter, right, Jack? Uh, so so the possession of Jotaro's hand happens during the the cackling segment, but then he he takes right. that pressure off during the baseball game. Right. And he even he goes out of his way to say like, "Oh, listen, I'll I'll let you play the game." The defeat of Darby the Younger is actually during the first part of the three-parter, right? Yes, it's it's the first part of the three. It's yeah, it, it's a weird episode because it's effectively this 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 episode, this last episode we'll talk about, um, yeah. is basically the the final half of the Darby episode, and then also the first half of Vanilla Ice. Where so, in, in Vanilla Vanilla Ice, we see what the other characters were, were doing while these guys were playing video games. And uh, it turns out uh, it's it's not a good one. So so yeah, me and Logan, we'll, we'll talk a bit and Malcolm, you can kind of chip in. So yeah, the Vanilla Ice, Cool Ice, which, whichever ice you prefer, he, he's in Dio's, in Dio's room. And Dio's room, because Dio is a vampire, is very dark and spooky. And uh, Vanilla Ice is pledging his loyalty, and he's so loyal to Dio that he's willing to chop off his own head. That's right. He he, he karate chops his own head off, but yeah. Dio, being a vampire, is is able to to heal him. And again, he turned he turns Vanilla Ice into a vampire as well. Yeah. Yeah, coming off like the kind of fun. Uh, of course, there was intensity, but coming off the fun of the video games into this three parter which is just like devastation after devastation it after is, devastation. It is rough. It's like, oh my God, this is like a completely different show now. It's a rough one, yeah. And I mean, yeah. like, I think we'll we'll leave it off on a cliffhanger. We'll just talk about this final little bit because I don't want to talk about two more episodes that Malcolm's watched. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we, we, can, we can lead into maybe a, maybe a overall JoJo discussion. Yeah, this will be a spin-off podcast where you talk about <laughs> these uh, yeah. 
But no, so so this leads again. Now now Vanilla Ice has this power, and his his stand is called Cream. So that's another musical reference. Despite how many blows to the chest it was for me, like I couldn't believe just how excellent this show was. Like it can be super comedic and fun, super violent, super sad, and all the way through, you just love it. Like it's so well done. I do enjoy. Like I I have enjoyed like just the fact that like for what I remember when we covered. Uh, Jack in the first time yeah. um, and just like how totally different that is like because it's like basically starts off in like not as a like the was it um, like it just starts off in like Victorian England and then now you're like in Egypt and like more modern times and, and then with the video games and like in a different realm like I don't even know where the Darby uh, gamer episodes taking place because it's like it looks like it's like in some sort of fantasy realm so, so I'm gonna list off of just stand names, guys. Uh, we'll we'll get to the final thoughts, but yeah, I don't, I don't really want to talk about the second half too much. We talked about Vanilla Ice. For those of you who are listening to this podcast, there there are some there are some casualties in the second half, and I don't want to spoil those because I do think the show is worth talking about. And you know, maybe we'll do a full on JoJo spoiler cast if Malcolm decides he wants to watch another 42 episodes of this. Which you know we're gonna watch some more JoJo. Maybe we won't finish all. Yeah, Malcolm. Like honestly, uh, uh, the thing about JoJo is it's just so goddamn bizarre. Even when you, even if you don't necessarily think it's good, it's still really fucking fun. Well, that's why it's called JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. It's a bizarre not JoJo's adventure. Ordinary Adventure. No, and, and these are some stands you've got to look forward to. You, there's Red Hot Chili Pepper, uh, Octung Baby, uh, Pearl Jam, Earth, Wind, and Fire, Highway Star. Uh, Superfly, Cheap Trick, Boy to Man. Boy to Man. Boy to Man. Bites the Dust. Uh, um, Let's go to even to Vento Oreo. Guys, I'm just going to list off stand names for a bit because this stuff gets wild. Yeah. Sticky Fingers, Moody Blues, Purple Haze, Spice Girl, Um, King Crimson, Black Sabbath. Awesome. Uh, there's other bands which I'm sure I just don't even know if they're band names because I'm... well you you've listed a, a couple of band names where I'm like I don't know if Jack knows that that's a band <laughs> yeah that's the thing man and I mean White Album Clash Talking Head Notorious B.I.G Metallica Green Day yeah. Oasis <laughs> Rolling Stones wow I'm listening I'm <laughs> so just shameless I just I'm I'm curious I, what the Bruce Springsteen guys. one it would be. It's like in the E Street gang. Oh, we, we yeah. didn't even mention so, Billy Jean as a character in that uh, second half. Yeah, they uh, Iggy instantly killed B- Billy Jean. Yeah, not, um, that was not his lover. Billy Jean was not his. Oh, you already made the joke. <laughs> no, I sorry, I scooped it. Um, if you guys <laughs> are wondering if Kiss was a stand, yes, there's a Kiss stand. There's also Foo Fighters, <laughs> Weather Report, White Snake, Goo Goo Dolls. Highway yeah. to Hell, Marilyn Manson, Jumpin' Jack Flash, Lint Biscuit, Survivor, Excellent. Yo-Yo Ma, oh my gosh. You know what, if you can think of the band or the artist, it probably exists in the show. Yes, there is a Bohemian Rhapsody stand. Excellent. Yes. There is. Uh, oh, Lonesome Me, uh, Ticket to Ride, Dirty Deeds, Done Dirt Cheap. I like the ticket to ride is like just oh that's the board game. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll just throw a board game in there. Outcast. Hey ya. Uh. Outcast, man. Uh was 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 Outcast Hey Ya? Uh, or did I did I fuck that up? Oh yeah, they did Hey Ya. Uh. They did Hey Ya. Uh. Um and some more. Joe Julian, let's see. 
it's it's just it's great man it's great it's utterly shameless i actually have so much respect for what they born this way yeah lady lady gaga gets one oh so they're like this is like they're just like hey like as times progress like it does as this i guess the this manga's not over by any it's not over yeah so like featured in the chapter i just read this morning Born this yeah so i'm curious what modern ones are going to end up showing up there uh you know what people think part eight is going to be the end because part eight is definitely over it's 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 in the final stretch it's it's in the final stretch i'll say will he do a part nine iraqi is in his 50s um part eight to be fair it does seem to be like the thesis of jojo effectively um i couldn't explain what that thesis is because uh Jojo is complicated. He's Iraqi. He has a lot of ideas. He has a lot on his mind. There's constant world building. Uh, we're not even forgetting the fact that parts seven and eight take place in an entirely different universe. What? It, it takes place in a rebooted timeline. So, so that was a preview, dear listener, of just a lot of wacky stand names. And I didn't even include like uh, bands that I don't know about, which I'm sure there were, there were many because there were still many stands I did not list. Um, not only that, character names. Uh, there's... Again, th- that stuff alone is worth the price of admission, in my opinion, for JoJo. And I think another interesting thing about JoJo, at least Stardust, that we were watching, is it's very inclusive. Like, you don't have to be into anime, I don't think, to, to get into JoJo. It's very easy to start it and keep going, and it, it grabs you, I think. I can confirm. Like, I think as someone who's, like, not naturally, like, drawn to anime that this is yeah definitely surprising in terms of just like oh this is like just an engaging almost yeah, yeah just in cartoon like it's like yeah. it's yeah. like right up there with like stuff you'd see on like cartoon network uh, you yeah know, or on netflix now or like one of those like adult right. cartoons because yeah, it is I... something that just even even within this own part which is its own separate thing like that's the thing we haven't even talked about subsequent parts and where they go but the fact yeah. this, you know, one story involving these dudes on a road trip through Egypt to fight their, to fight, um, what what would you call a man who is your stepbrother, but you're not, he's not your stepbrother, he's like your step uncle by, by the 10th degree? That's what they're doing? Like Jotaro is- Fathers, brothers, him. uncles, roommate. Yeah, yeah, it's like that. He's, he's, That's he's, a, just a uh, person at that point. <laughs> He's facing off uh, against against this man. Sixth, yeah, you're sixth degree Kevin Bacon. That's not what it is. It's like yeah, it's, absolutely. You're sixth, sixth degree what does that make Kevin us? Bacon. Brother. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> but but to be fair, Dio has possessed the body of Jonathan Joestar, so right. that I guess makes him kind of kind of familial. He took he, he has his body. Yeah. Again, the series is so ridiculous. It's like, yeah, we're gonna fight the the immortal vampire man who took the body of our uh, distant ancestor. They, uh, Logan is signaling to me that I ex- I explained it correctly. You yeah, and again, like just just the variety within this one story arc, and uh, to to give you, uh, dear listener, a taste, the the following story arc, which I'm sure we're gonna cover. I definitely want to cover sooner rather than later because the fact that you guys enjoyed it this this one this much because for me, yeah. it's part four. Diamond is unbreakable, where Jojo really mm. nails nails it on the head, yeah. which okay. is because um, Diamond is unbreakable. It takes a break from the world-ending stakes of of defeating Dio, and instead is basically just Twin Peaks. It's set in a <laughs> small town called Morio, uh, starring Joseph Joestar, Joseph old old Joseph Joestar's illegitimate son Josuke, uh, who is seventeen years old, and unlike. Unlike Jotaro, he looks 17. 
if they're not 17 can they be the protagonist in an anime that's like yeah exactly that and you know what that that is in truth the rule i want to say that like i enjoyed these episodes significantly more than the episodes we watched in the last like time we covered this like i think sure. obviously that was needed to kind of for me to understand what was going on but i feel like it kind of is a testament to like as the show got going it like got better like it wasn't one of those things where it's like the beginning was the best part and it's like peters off that it, like that's reflecting the choices of episodes i did not pick episode i didn't pick like the introduction to polnareff because that episode is just kind of what you would expect the show to be which is punch ghosts and okay. and as it as it goes on it becomes more and more interesting and like in part four diamond is unbreakable because the villain the villain is a serial killer again this is it's it's such a knockoff of twin peaks it's not even funny um but of course twin peaks didn't have characters with 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 the power of stands uh, there were some supernatural elements but not to that that extent oh man if you if david lynch could have he would have added them you know Dude, I, I didn't realize but like twin peaks was huge in japan like there's multiple series that definitely riff on the twin peaks phenomenon yeah when i went to japan a couple of years ago uh, I'm pretty sure we went to a Twin Peaks themed bar, and it like wasn't like that. Like we sought out to go to a Twin Fe uh, Peaks themed bar. It was that we just went to a bar, and it happened to be Twin Peaks themed. <laughs> That's have the you guys uh, have you guys been to the the Twin Peaks themed bar in Vancouver? I have. I yes. Yeah. 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 I really cool. like it. I think it's yeah. Well, it's near where I live, so I have friends who like I guess go to, as a meetup spot. Um, yeah. and they have a, like, they moved their location. I used to be like way up and like where I was, like nowhere near where I was. So I was, I like That's went right. to it once and I liked the yeah. ambiance, but I'm not like a big yeah. Twin Peaks fan. Like I don't really know the show. I tried watching it, but then I was like, it's so dated at times. And I watched the third it. season and it was the weirdest shit I ever saw, but I enjoyed it. I watched all yeah. of <laughs> Well, what's interesting is you try to watch the first season, you can tell how much uh, how many shows have been inspired by that first season? <laughs> You're like, Absolutely. oh, they're just like ripping this off, like left, yeah. right, and center without uh, a care in the world. Yeah. But no, in, in part four, it does get into more like the, the fights aren't even really fights. Again, it's more like like one character, for instance, is a manga artist and his uh, stand lets him turn people into books, basically, and control what they do. He's like, okay, I'll just write in, write in the book of yourself and uh, prevent you from, say, punching me or whatever. It gets it gets really fun, and then part five is uh, about Italian gangsters. Oh, oh hell yeah! It's about Italian gangsters. So, is there, is there a pizza stand where like it's like? Oh, I, there, there are definitely references to pizza and characters wanting a characters wanting a mozzarella pizza or margarita pizza. That's margarita pizza. Yeah, they're, and, selling, they're, and selling olive oil. Like. Uh, there is a sequence where the lead character, who is in fact Dio's son, uh, Giorno Giovanni, uh, Dio's illegitimate son, because of course Dio, uh, Dio didn't treat women well, he just banged hookers. Uh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, G Giorno Giovanni, um, he, he talks about, he's, he's like on a plane and just like dreaming of a margarita pizza, um, like, like any good Italian gangster would. Um, yeah, again, it's it's a great series, but but I could talk so much about Jojo. And I think I think first of all, we have to get to our favorite sequence, our our favorite segment named after a Jojo character, which is who is the speed wagon of this episode. Speed wagon, 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 speed wagon,
Speed wagon. Allow me to elucidate ya. The name is Robert E.O. Speedwagon. Uh, uh, who's got Speedwagon? Malcolm? I, I guess I can go first, unless Logan, you have yeah. one. No, go ahead. All right. Uh, my Speedwagon is uh, I, I gotta go I gotta go Iggy with the dog I loved the dog I loved a dog chewing gum like I loved uh, I'm not a big uh, fart comedy fan <laughs> but I, I thought the farts were earned uh, with yeah. Iggy you know a smelly dog is you know can be very endearing and Iggy was endearing and yeah I think it was just the chewing of the gum I just lo I love that image that made me laugh oh so hard <laughs> when I watched this <laughs> It's gonna be Iggy for me as well. It's gonna be Iggy. His his stuff with Polnareff is really funny. The fact that he saves the day multiple times, and of course they call him stupid dog when in fact you know Iggy, Iggy knows what's up. He definitely knows what's up. He's always he's always got their backs. Yeah, it's also Iggy for me, and especially in scenes Jack, like you mentioned, that he shares with a uh, Polnareff. They're they're a great. They they work so well together. I think, kind of that love hate thing. And uh, yeah, no, I just, and, it's just and a I'll, sweet dog. And I, uh, I, I had a summer job a few years ago looking after, I know uh, in this series, Iggy is a Boston Terrier. Uh, I looked after a, a French bulldog who looked very similar though to Iggy. And like the farts and stuff just reminded me so much of this, this ridiculous dog that I was getting paid to look after. Uh, so Near and that, that's the thing i did i did almost want uh like i wished iggy was a uh, french bulldog because my brother and his girlfriend have two of them and yeah they're like yeah. smelly uh fart monsters absolutely uh, and like they're very like uh, those dogs have very expressive faces which is like iggy has that yeah. too so absolutely. i just i guess in the 80s french bulldogs weren't a very popular breed as they are now but it's uh yeah, I don't know. Yeah, just the, yeah. I like that we're all in sync on this one. This is the first yeah. time we've we've been in sync, I believe. It's it's, yeah. it's three people for Iggy, and also uh, like welcome. Like I actually, unfortunately, I I chose to do the Anubis episode instead of the Iggy focused one because there's a there's a two party where you even get to hear Iggy's internal monologue and he has like a proper voice actor and everything. Oh, crazy! That's whoa. Cool. Yeah. yeah. So this is why Malcolm, you need to watch the show on your own because. And the Iggy episode is tragic because Iggy, Iggy does suffer some loss. Oh um, no! Yeah, there's there's even hint, I mean, had you watched the subsequent episode, you would you would have seen a hint at it um, about Iggy's state. But yeah, he's, yeah, it's it's a brutal episode actually, and it involves two animal stands going at it because it, it's Iggy versus the Falcon named Pet Shop. Yeah. Oh, like the Pet Shop Boys. <laughs> yeah. Another band reference. Yeah. yeah. Ex exactly. Um, I will say a close second to me after uh, after Iggy is uh, Joseph Joester. He's just excellent as like a cranky old man with a good sense of humor. I really enjoy that character as well. He's a blast. And I mean, I still think Joseph is probably the, the most fun protagonist of the overall series in part two. Okay. Um, because again, part two is very protagonist focused, where it's all about young Joseph's uh, various bullsh bullshit uh, against his enemies. Yeah. And I like how, like, even, even when he's an old man, he's still, like, more immature than Jotaro in a lot of ways. Like, Jotaro's always, yeah. again, he's the one who plays video games, not Jotaro. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, he talks about how he likes comic books and stuff like that. Uh, he's, yeah. he's still got it, even after he became a successful real estate magnet. Yeah. Is that how he made his money? Is through yeah, he, he's, he's a real estate guy. 
that's hilarious as well. And do, do you want to know what Jotaro's profession is uh, 10 years later in part four? Sure. Yes. Uh, a marine biologist. That's awesome. What? There's yeah. no reference of wanting him, him wanting to be a marine biologist. At it, this point. it makes no goddamn sense. Yes, uh, Jotaro Kujo, a famed marine biologist. I love he that. It's these wacky professions. That's so much fun. Yeah, he, he didn't use a stand to take over the world or, or do anything. He just became a marine biologist. I mean, why not? Why not? Uh, final thoughts on JoJo. I mean, I, I think we, we've kind of already talked about just what we think of the show, which is, yeah, it's this show with, can be it can be anything. And when you get into it, when you, you know, the first episode of any JoJo part can be overwhelming when they're trying to set it up. But once you get into just the format of them fighting against various stand users and just how crazy the fights get. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really excited to watch more of this show. Um, I'd seen at the very least the first series a long time ago and uh, some of this one, but kind of just escaped from my memory and uh, rewatching a bunch of the stuff today. I was like, man, I really, I really like this show. It is, it's so, bonkers, man. It, it's a bizarre adventure. And it, if you're someone who's into that type of thing, who's not afraid to watch something wacky, but again, it's wacky in a fun way. And even the rules kind of make sense. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Malcolm? Yeah, I mean, like I said, I think I've been, I enjoyed this revisiting a little bit more than I was expecting. I think there was, for me, a certain sense of dread that, <laughs> oh, we're going back to this thing. I didn't really like it before. Um, but, you know, now that you like see what this show becomes, I really do. Uh, yeah, I do. I did enjoy it. So I'm curious about seeing more of Stark. Dust Crusaders. I think that seems to be the more fun arc compared to whatever the first arc's called. Yeah, I mean, again, I think if you watched a couple more episodes, I mean, like nobody is going to defend part one. Part one is only nine episodes because of that. Part two, maybe if you watched a few more, but but I think the next time we'll cover the show on the podcast, it, it would be covering part four um, with the full Twin Peaks. Yeah, and anyways, uh, dear listener, as as always, since this is the end of the episode, we we must announce the the next series uh, for next week. And in fact, this will be a this will be start of a of a four part four part series. We're finally covering Dragon Ball. Uh, Malcolm, who has never seen an episode of Dragon Ball, has no frame of reference, doesn't know who Goku or Vegeta are, uh, much to the surprise of, of previous guest Domenico DeSantez. Um, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna cover the entire Saiyan saga over four weeks, and we're gonna start next week with with episodes one, two, and three of Dragon Ball Z Kai, uh, with returning guest Domenico DeSantis. All right. All right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Malcolm, <laughs> did you understand any of that, other than the word Domenico, a person who you have met? Yeah. Uh, I know. I Okay. I, the word, uh, the name Goku kind of sounds uh, familiar. But yeah, other than that, like I've never, I've just never engaged with Dragon Ball Z. I just like never. I'm shocked, man. You're only a year younger than me. It was like premiere this. It pre like I was. I watched literally the first episode when it premiered. Yeah, I think at that point, like for, for whatever reason, I like missed a bunch of stuff. Like I just like I just don't oh, know. I, was, I, I missed a lot of animated stuff. Like I was at the time I was I was like, oh man, I got home from school. I'm like, I gotta watch that King of Queens rerun. <laughs> that was me. Yeah, and I like again when I was telling Domenico, it's not like Domenico is a big uh, big anime guy, but again, like Dragon Ball is just like beyond anime. It's it's just part of pop culture. 
Uh, so we'll see. I mean, um, Logan, have you watched uh, any Dragon Ball? What's your familiarity with uh, Dragon Ball Z? I have a very specific memory that's going to lead into several things we've talked about. I can't wait. Um, I've never seen Dragon Ball Z, but after leaving the theater to see Avengers Infinity War opening night, I went to the Twin Peaks themed bar in Vancouver with my brother and somehow we got to talking about certain stuff and he was like did you ever get into dragon ball and i was like no and he puts down his drink and he proceeds to walk me through the entire plot lines of every single dragon ball show in order because he's like you know what i don't know if you're ever going to watch it so let me just give you a rundown and by rundown it was just the entire the entire show yeah, let me sit, sit you'll sit here you'll listen to me as we close the bar <laughs> yeah as honestly yeah to be fair the the arcs in dragon ball are riveting and i guess we'll get into it uh we're only covering three episodes next week just because of how long the history segment will will be i'm sorry malcolm but uh it, it might even be an entire zoom call <laughs> just oh the history God. segment i have to write because again dragon ball it's it's I mean, it's one of the biggest franchises, and uh, its creator Toriyama is probably one of, if not the most important ma manga artists ever. Uh, but we'll get to that later, dear listener, because uh, I do think it's time to end this episode off. You can follow us on at Is This Anime Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Logan, how can they find you if you want to be found? Uh, I'm on Instagram at Wolfman Middleton, and I'm on Twitter at Logan Seamstress. That's awesome. it. And uh, yeah, like and review if you get a chance on where wherever you found this podcast, whether it's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever a random site you may have found this on. Uh, anyways, thank you so much, and uh, have a great rest of your day. Mm -hmm.